The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with C. Michael Gibson and clinicaltrialresults.org. Bill Osmanchik and Dr. Mike Gibson coming to you live from TCT 2021. And we are here to talk about the PROG-17 trial, three year outcomes of a randomized comparison of left atrial appendage closure versus oral anticoagulation, largely with the Pixaban. Uh, Pavel, talk to us a little bit about what you did and what you found. So what we have done was the randomized study comparing the treatment with the left appendage closure with the treatment by NOAX. And the reason was that in the past there were two studies comparing anticoagulation with uh, appendage closure. It was PROTEC and PREVAL trials. And, but in these uh, two trials, uh, as anticoagulation warfarin was used and tested because it was before the era of NOAX. And in the trial, uh, both treatments were similar. Uh, the endpoints were cardiovascular death and, and stroke. Um, but since the time of these trials, you know, we have NOAX on the market and the advantage of NOAX is just the same. It was the advantage of appendage occlusion over warfarin and protein pre-wildfire. That is reduced uh, severe bleeding. We know that NOAX associated with reduced rate of bleeding, since about 50% of the bleeding rate of warfarin. And similarly, uh, appendage occlusion that is followed only by uh, antiplatelet treatment typically uh, uh, is uh, um, associated with a reduction of bleeding compared to warfarin. And therefore, uh, the question we have was, does appendage occlusion still have a place on the medicine market, uh, could the patient have an advantage uh, compared to NOAC before we started the trial? And the main reason was to compare this, this treatment, so, so NOAX and appendage closure. And uh, the problem of study like this is that we didn't test two, two dr similar drugs like warfarin uh, against, uh, I don't know, rivaroxaban, warfarin against apixaban, like in Aristotle and Rely and all these trials. But we tested two different treatments that have, could have different risk, like appendage closure can have a procedure risk because it's a procedure and could be dangerous. And, but the advantage is that you lose every day chance for bleeding if everything's okay. And the other kind of treatment NOACs have a everyday, uh, a theoretical everyday risk for bleeding because you have to use it for years and for years every day. And therefore we have chosen not, not uh, one endpoint, but composite endpoint that should encompass both all treatment and uh, potential uh, risk of benefits and the risk of both treatments strategies. That means stroke, of course, because it should uh, both treatments should protect the patient from stroke, cardiovascular death, and procedure complication that belongs to uh, appendage closure only, and uh, clinical bleeding that could belong to both, but especially uh, there was a hypothesis, especially to the NOAC treatment. And uh, uh, I think 
in general, in medicine, the long-term uh, outcome is much more important than the short-term outcome. Because if you do the short-term, then it tells you that it's feasible, but it doesn't it can't tell you that there is a profit for the patient. And therefore, we did this long-term uh, follow-up of four years. The median follow-up was 3.5 years in both groups, 1,300 patients years, and it was shown that the the uh, the uh, incidence of the primary outcome was very similar in both groups. Appendage closure did meet the inferior for no inferiority in terms of primary outcome. And when we look at the secondary outcome, we have to be uh, careful uh, when looking at the secondary outcome because because the study was not powered enough uh, to look very and so precise that secondary outcome, but, but the stroke rate and TIS was very similar in both groups. There was no excess in stroke in the long term, for instance, in the appendage closure group. Uh, and, and the bleeding rate was reduced. When you looked at stroke, was that a combination of ICH and ischemic yes. stroke? Or just yes, yes, stroke? yes, ischemic stroke general, all, all stroke. Uh, there was not too much hemorrhage. There were not too much hemorrhage. There were only three intracranial hemorrhages, two in NOAC groups and one in the uh, appendage closure group. And the bleeding, the, the spontaneous non procedure bleeding was reduced, but it really uh, took uh, time. So, so the curse started to, started to diverge after six months of treatment and after 3.5 years, the difference was uh, significant. Not in the beginning, in our primary analysis, although the curse were different, the, the, it not, did not reach the statistical significance. So we have to wait for longer time. Uh, for uh, If the patient would like to have benefit from non-pharmacologic treatment, you have to wait longer time, I think, because NOACs are really good and uh, the bleeding risk is not so high as it was with periphery. And when you look at major bleeding, instead of clinically relevant non-major bleeding, which is a lower bar, do you see any difference? Obviously, nothing different in ICH or fatal bleeds, I suppose. Was there? Uh, no. In fatal bleeds, there were no difference, and there was only three intracranial hemorrhages, I said. There was two in the NOAC two, group wow. and one. So it was too small to, to make serious analysis of really these large um, bleedings. But in the first analysis, in the primary, uh, the reduction in bleeding optically be present at that time, but not statistically. Now there is a statistical reduction, but in the first analysis, the reduction was mainly driven by the, by the uh, non-major bleeding. But you have to note, what is non-major bleeding? In our definition, we use this ISTH definition, International Society of Strombosis Hemostasis, and all the bleedings were defined as bleeding if uh, the patient had to go to hospital or if there was instrumental procedure. So there was no only small hematomas. The major, uh, the, the, the definition for the major bleeding according to ISTH is very strict because for instance, there is a bleeding requiring two uh, units of um, erythrocytes, so not only one unit and within 24 hours or daily, there is a drop of 20 grams per liter of hemoglobin within 24 hours. So one of the reasons why we did start a study was I saw a lady uh, with GIT bleeding. According to definition, not, not major. It was a reduction in um, uh, hemoglobin, what I can, I can remember very well, 
uh, of 20, but within one week. G uh, gastroscopy, gastroendoscopy had, has, had to be done and so on. And uh, because there was old lady, he stayed in bed and he got pneumonia, he died. But the bleeding itself was not major, according to definition. But the bleeding was the reason why she went to hospital and she went to hospital, she was old, etc. You know it, diabetes and everything, and she she died because of bronchopneumonia. So so to say it's non-major is some could be sometimes tricky. What all our bleedings were bleedings that that uh, that were associated with hospitalization or instrumental procedure. So therefore, we define it as clinically relevant bleeding. Not only bleeding when the patient reported to the patient during regular outpatient control, I had some bleeding, but... And was there any difference in mortality? No, there was no difference in mortality. So no difference in death, fatal bleeds, major bleeds. Uh, most of the difference was in... Yes, yes. Moderate, moderate to moderate. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. Well, yes. what are next steps? Are you going to follow these people out even further? What What are you going to do next? With this proximity population or in general? In, in, well, both in general and in, for this population. I, this proximity population, I don't know. We like to follow up them for some period, but there is an issue. There was very early, very sick population. A lot of patients have died during the course of the study. Uh, the chasmas were... 4.7 and therefore a lot of people have really died because they were sick at the beginning it was a question how to help these very sick patients so so yes we like to continue to follow up but we i think it have a sense to follow them for one or two years not for 10 years because in 10 years everywhere will be died and regarding what to do in general i think not to we only in our cardiac center. But if you look at Laos 3 trial, we have to say um, with, uh, with appendage closure, we are really in strong defense. In all the studies that are ongoing, catalyst and so on and so on, we try to show appendage closure is non-inferior to something. But it can't help the patient because it is non-inferior, it is the same. But I think a great deal was the thing that allows three uh, did. It means a reduction uh, because our role is to, to reduce the stroke rate, to help the patient more. So the, I think the combination of the appendage closure plus NOAX yes. against today's treatment of NOAX would be a great, great trial. But, but I don't I know. If, I agree completely. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pavel, thank you for joining us. Thanks for the great presentation. And thanks to all of you for joining us here live from TCT 2021. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much.